Most of us are probably aware that two different sets of championship gear are printed prior to that pivotal game. And then after the game, the winning team is given their respective merch, while the losing team's gear is donated to a foreign country. But what does this process look like for the days leading up into the big game? And then how is that same merchandise sent to fans within hours of their team winning? Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blythe Brumleaf, covering how your favorite things and people get from point A to point B because everything is logistics. In this episode, we're going to break down the logistics of championship merchandise for the players, the fans, and then also include a heartwarming story about where all of that merchandise ended up from the New England perfect season that never was. Let's dive in. Is the logistics of championship merchandise, which if you watched the championship game earlier this week between Alabama and Georgia, spoiler alert, Georgia won, but you may have noticed that during the post-game coverage that Georgia linebacker Nicobe Dean was actually enjoying the celebration while wearing an Alabama hat. It was later corrected, but you might be asking yourself, well, how did this happen? And where does that Alabama merchandise, the loser merchandise from the championship game, where does that go to after the game is over? So let's start with the first part of the logistics of championship merchandise. And that's on the manufacturing side of things, because as a background to it, the, the NFL partners or the NFL and other leagues like the NCAA and the other major sports leagues, they partner with companies like Fanatics and local printing shops. And usually the week before the championship game, that's when two sets of championship merchandise is printed and around 250 units. So enough units for the players and the staff that are going to actually be on the field. They print one set for one team and they print another set for the other team. Now, each sets are placed in their respective bags and kept at the stadium, usually an official from each league or, you know, from the NFL or from the NCAA. Uh, An official from that league is responsible only for that merchandise. And so they keep tabs on it. They keep track of it. And towards the end of the game, if there is a clear winner, one set will be left behind in an office from the official organization. So typically, you know, like the league offices from the NFL, the NCAA officials, not folks directly associated with the team, but more from like the corporate level that are in charge of these, or in charge of these bags of this championship merchandise. So if there's a clear winner, they leave one behind and they start to bring the official winner's merchandise out closer to the field. If it's a close game, however, then officials will bring both sets of the team gear to the field. So if you're watching this on FreightWaves TV, you'll notice that the clip that is playing is officials scrambling towards the end of the infamous game where the Giants ended the Patriots goal. This was back in 2009. So if the footage is a little fuzzy, uh, that's why is because we've come light years since then as far as broadcast footage is concerned. But that infamous game ended the Patriot, the Giants ended the Patriots goal of trying to get that perfect season, that 19 and 0 perfect record. But if you notice in the clip, that one official has one team's gear and the other team is hidden in the referee section. And so when the game is going back and forth, the officials are having to switch out this merchandise several times because the game just keeps going back and forth. So you can kind of understand knowing that context and how this merchandise is handled from getting to the manufacturer, the print shop, to the the officials' hands and then making it to the field. It can kind of make sense why that Georgia linebacker was wearing the wrong hat initially earlier this week 
over on the sidelines trying to, and I think there also may be some confusion from a lot of the different officials when you play for Georgia and you're used to seeing a lot of Georgia merchandise, which the Atlanta A, Atlanta Braves A, is very similar to the Alabama A. So you can kind of understand how that mix-up might have happened in the first place. So we talk about the distribution of to of the merchandise to the players and the staff on the field, but what about the distribution to the fans after that moment is captured, after the championship or after the champion is determined? How does that gear get to the fans? Well, Fanatics is the company that most sports fans are aware of, and they hold the printing rights to all of the major sports leagues and their championship merchandise. But in this 2019 Fast Company article, it highlights how they print merchandise quickly. And I'm going to quote the article here. It says, more than 50% of a championship team's merchandise sales take place within the first 72 hours after the win. To meet this demand and maximizing fulfillment, Fanatics enlists local printers and even sets up pop-up shops along victory parade routes. For an example, the Washington Capitals Stanley Cup victory back in June, just a few years ago, the company teamed up with Uber to deliver orders. Fanatics is able to drive sales, Max says, by tapping into that excitement. So that's a cool little note that within 72 hours, all of the fans of that winning team they then want that same merchandise that they saw their team wearing after the post game or during the post game coverage. So it's pretty insightful or it's pretty interesting that within the first 72 hours, that's when most of the championship merchandise is being printed and being sold. Now, what about the losing merchandise? Maybe a lot of you sports fans have probably already heard that a lot of this merch gets donated across the globe to countries in need, especially after maybe they've experienced a natural disaster and some of this merchandise is in high need. So what happens in that case is the NFL, along with other major sports leagues like the NCAA, they partner with a charity called Good360. We're going to go ahead and play a clip from Fox 13 in Tampa. Sherry Rudolph is with Good 360, a nonprofit that partners with the NFL to ensure those unusable items don't go on the market and are donated to people in places that need them the most. We work with the NFL on a pre-vetted and pre-approved list of countries, and those goods could go anywhere in Africa, Asia, the Middle East. Between the two conference title games and the Super Bowl, literally thousands of items will be shipped including branded masks new this year. These things, even t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts can truly be life-changing and transformational for those who otherwise wouldn't have access to these goods. Never before has it been greater than now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So even the losing side still wins in a sense, even if that victory goes unseen. For the fans of whichever team doesn't happen to take home the trophy this weekend, there's definitely a silver lining that these products will help people in need. In Tampa, Josh Cassio. Fox 13 News. That is a silver lining. Good 360 works with several other hundred, uh, several hundred other companies on those kinds of donations. Another major league partner of theirs is Major League Baseball. Now, what's cool about this and what's briefly mentioned in that Good 360 News story is that it partners with other charities, too. So it's not like you know, somebody in need is just getting a bunch of merchandise from a loser team in the U.S. They're getting an entire package of goods, food, water, basics, 
basic supplies, basic necessities along with this merchandise. So it goes over a little bit better, in my opinion, when it's a whole package instead of just sending these oversized t-shirts to, to countries in need because they need a lot more, let's be honest, than, than just the t-shirts. So that's a good note about that good 360 charity. And then instead of... It, it, it also thinking of it from the perspective of some of these other bigger brands like Chanel, Louis Vuitton, when they have a surplus of merchandise, what they do is they burn it. They they don't donate it to other countries. They just get rid of the merchandise because they don't want they don't want to, the perception of their brand to be devalued, whatever, you know, obviously that means, um, which we know what it means, but it still just kind of sounds like a jerky thing to say. You have all of this merchandise and you could be donating it to people who need it or maybe even severely discounting it and, and selling it off at outlet stores, something like that, something other than just burning the merchandise, perfectly good merchandise. Um, so that's what this charity, Good 360, um, that, that's what they stand for is, is, Instead of destroying merchandise, taking merchandise, and then also necessities like food and water and other life hygiene products, things like that, and they then donate it to a country in need. They work with their partners in order to pre-vet different, uh, different countries that they would be sending this merchandise to. So that's obviously a good thing instead of burning that merchandise. But the last part of this story, which I wanted to leave you with, is that going back to that Patriots versus Giants game, now that that was a perfect season that never was for the Patriots. But when those shirts were taken and they were donated to a small village in that was, I think, devastated by a hurricane earlier that year, a girls soccer team actually used those Patriots 19 and 0 perfect season t-shirts that never were. They used them as their uniform and then they would go on to win their league championship, their local league championship wearing those same shirts in a comeback 2 to 1 victory in their title game. So while th- that's a really good story and while this entire process feels kind of like a mad scramble, a lot of this is done with it, 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 intentionally and on occasion, a funny story like the Georgia linebacker wearing the wrong merchandise takes place. But then on the other hand, a wholesome story like the girls soccer team wearing the 19 and 0 shirts gets to actually celebrate a championship that was supposed to be celebrated by the Patriots, but now they get to celebrate a championship wearing those same shirts. So both of those stories are really fun to share and a much better alternative than what some other companies choose to do with their surplus merchandise and just letting it go to waste. So I thought that that was a fun little dive into what happens during the entire process of the the printing and the shipping and the distribution, and not only the distribution to the fans and to the players on the field, but then the distribution of that merchandise so that it does not go to waste. So that is the logistics of championship merchandise. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. 
The website also includes some links to our social media accounts along with my products and services in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremleve and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.